Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 68 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? This episode, we'll see if the reboot of an 80s anthology series makes the grade, check out some upgraded security tech for your car, and try out an action platform where you'll face off against pixelated orcs and goblins. But before we do that, my favorite part of the show, as you already know, is reading some fourth listener email. Now, Uh if you're one of the dozens of people who have written in complaining about George being wrong in a recent backtrack. What? (laughs) Let me tell you, if you're waiting to hear your email read here, we're actually compiling those and we're going to put them in a future episode. What, we're going to do a whole George is wrong segment now? It's a backtrack and all the glorious times George was wrong. It's going to be hilarious. No, it's going to be hours and hours long. <laughs> so remember the catchphrase backtrack episode? Yeah. Well, there was one piece of that episode that people grabbed onto yelling in email that George was wrong. Oh. Wow. Rather than read those. And it was it was an it was an innocent mistake. I didn't know. I didn't catch it either. What we're going to do, we have a forthcoming backtrack where we are going to look back on all sorts of misunderstood or misremembered quotes that are in pop culture. In that episode, we're going to talk about all of those piling up emails about George being wrong. So if you're waiting to hear your okay, email there, to hell with this. I'm going to get coronavirus. I'm done. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to be no, on no, the podcast. Don't do that. No, <laughs> you have to be there to respond to your critics. <laughs> I, I wish not to. No. Hang in there, fourth listener that wrote in saying George was wrong. We are going to read your email. Whether George is here or not, don't you worry. But we do have some fourth listener email for this episode. The first one is from, goes by the nickname The Historian. So Historian wrote in and says, hey, you guys. Well, gents, while Sloth did say, hey, you guys in Goonies, we must remember Mm -hmm. that he was an avid TV watcher. He picked up the phrase from the show The Electric Company. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize Hmm. I didn't see Goonies, but I didn't know that. But hey, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, don't pretend that that. you had any, like, knowledge of this, John. I I knew the electric company. Don't get me wrong. So that was for sure. Okay. He goes on to say, Rita Moreno said it for the first time in episode 19, season one in 1971. Wow. Wow. Historian, that uh, you get points for accuracy on that one. I see where you got your nickname, Historian. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe your Google Foo is strong. Either one, I give you credit. Yeah, yeah, either one. But yeah, so I remember the electric company for sure. And I, in fact, when you did that in the episode, George, I'm thinking, is that the electric company? Is he? Is that a deep cut? No, it was the Goonies, apparently. But and finally, Historian wraps it up by saying, "That said, a shout out to Jacksonville from a former Neptune Beach resident." Hey, the Historian. Ah, cool. We do have one more fourth listener email, and I saved this one. This is a great email. Rick has written us before and he wrote in the subject line was thanks mm. for the laughs. Uh, and Rick says, Hey, thanks for the laughs today. This week has been a roller coaster of emotions and stress. My wife had open heart surgery this week. Ooh. She's doing fantastic in her recovery, but you can all imagine how the week has gone. Listening to the podcast today helped relieve the stress of the week, like breaking the dam. Hmm. <laughs> 
Wow. I mean, I never thought of us as therapy, but <laughs> wow, that's that, nice to know that we're that's, helping somebody feel a little bit better. Yeah. If our tomfoolery and shenanigans help you out a little, fantastic, Rick. We would love, and he follows us on Facebook all the time. He's really yeah. interactive with us and it's great to hear. So thanks so much, Rick. Yeah, he and- wraps it up by saying, so again, thanks for the laughs. And I think I'm leaning toward the sonic conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, to be honest, I'm starting to lean that way too a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a previous wow. episode. We talked about the sonic thing and they're debating whether it was a all the sham to put out a bad model first or not yeah. so right let me tell you that I if wasn't it was, debating, it was i was pretty sure what i was saying was right yeah I'm, just, I'm hoping that they'll come clean one day and just say like definitively like yes or no they never will nah <laughs> it's, 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 it's the perfect storm why would you screw it up it's great yeah that's true i know you think somebody had this brilliant idea just can't keep it to themselves you right know? it's gonna be like <laughs> the deep throat thing with nixon like 30 years from now somebody will spill the beans yeah exactly so he wraps it up and says always a fourth listener rick awesome thank you rick yeah and good luck with everything with wife too please yeah for sure yeah speedy recovery to her as well mm-hmm. we love it every time the fourth listener writes in if you would like your email read here on the show it's really easy just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com and if you t- actually title it george was wrong i think it gets special treatment and we put it to the top of the list if i have a filter pops off and starts talking uh, one more time i'm leaving i'm telling you i'm done he's really instigating isn't he well done uh and we'll put it in the hopper you'll get ready here on a future episode thanks so much fourth listeners all right let's hop into the meat of the show then right now when the heat is hard to say cool it down and take a breath Let's get the ball rolling, talking about media. Uh, could it be, of course, television, movies, comic books, whatever it is uh, we're uh, looking at or consuming in the world of media. And George, why don't we get started with you? I want to hear what you've well, been checking. I'm calling shenanigans on this. Wait a minute. This, what? this was mine. I had no. put this Uh-oh. in our list first. Oh, oh. No. Really? So yes, here we're going to have a debate. No, absolutely oh. you did not, because I yes. put this as a looking forward two weeks ago. So kiss yeah, that's my right, ass. But you did not put it on a current I don't month. care. Yeah, I had see, it two I, weeks I, ago. I, it I was, was mine. That's I all I'm saying. I owned it. Whole subsidiary. Well, I stole it. Fair it's mine. <laughs> yep. And I so, stole okay, it right let's back. Move on. Let's so move on. Let's move on. Hey, hey, hey. Just, 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 just Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Well, hey, it's it's been a good run on the podcast, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. Okay, so either George or Mo, what are you checking out in media? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, George, you lead it in. You're damn right. Amazing Stories has come back to grace our presence once Ah, again. One of my favorite anthology series of all time. Loved it back in the 80s. It was awesome. Steven Spielberg, executive produced. And I think my favorite part of this first episode that I watched, The Cellar, was that they kept the original theme music. Yes, that was very cool. They did? Yeah. That, that was, was your favorite similar, part? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great episode. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But, okay. All right. You know, the nostalgic feeling for Amazing Stories coming back and they didn't even change it. Like, it didn't feel like they took and re-recorded it even. It felt like it was the original audio sample from the 1980s whenever it first came out. Yeah, it had, it had like that like that 80s sound. I don't know. It's hard to put your finger on it, but it definitely sounded like from that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they got the ball rolling at least. It, right. it started in the opening credit. There's a new animation, a new sequence, but yeah, the, it was the music was animation, there. Yeah. So it got you into the mood already. Exactly. There were a couple episodes already, but you've seen the first one so three. far. I've seen the first one. Oh, three. You only saw the first one? And you put I've this on the, the list? I've only seen the first one. Are yeah. you kidding me? Oh. 
I only need to see one. I saw the first three. Just saying. Well, good for you. So he's saying he's more qualified. I, so I'm saying yes. You can I say think whatever I can you give want. A better still opinion the, of the whole thing. It's still in the title with my name <laughs> on it. So right. true, let's start by talking about the first one. How did the first episode right, go fine. for you after we got through the great opening music? I love the first. Yeah, one. first episode was a time traveling story called The Cellar. Really neat little story between two brothers, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed how they initiated time travel in this for it to be like low barometric pressure caused by an approaching yeah. storm. That's something I hadn't seen before. Only, I mean, uh, only that one location, though, right? Only in that one location, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in the cellar itself. I mean, I guess maybe you could say it was trying to play a little bit off of the final countdown since we just talked about that movie <laughs> recently. <laughs> right. You know, big storm makes everything time well, travel. Well, it but... playing off maybe the barometer itself could have had some special powers because even sure. though it was the presence of oh, it. That, that's neither that's here nor true. there, but that's he did get yeah, that from the guy in the a past, good thought, though. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I did like how that apparently... If somebody had put something in the cellar at one time period or another, that influenced where he was able to go when he traveled. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so well, all of amazing stories, they're always like some kind of like vaguely science fiction-y or a little mm-hmm. bit paranormally most of the time. Yeah. I mean, those are always the ones I like the most. So they got started with that one, which was great. It's a good series. I'm looking forward to watching the other two that apparently Mo has already watched. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no spoilers, Mo. How, how are the uh, follow-ups? Are they as strong as the first one? Oh, yeah. I I, I think so. You know, I love the original Amazing Stories. No, don't get me wrong. But they were geared toward very, very young people. A little, sure. little cheesy, but fun. You know, I still like che- They're lighthearted. I wouldn't say they're yeah, young. Exactly, but they're, exactly. They were family affair. They were. They kind of modeled yeah. them after Disney's movie of the week that would happen yeah, on sort like of Saturdays kind of, yeah. or oh, Sundays. Sure. Like the family yeah, coming around the TV. Better twist to it, I think. Yep. This one, yep. let me yeah. tell you, I think they kept the heart of the original, but mm-hmm. I think they just stepped up like, the sophistications a little bit more. Like the stories are a little deeper. The way the seller ended, I couldn't imagine this ending if this was done in the original. But I think that's stories. a side effect of the state of television right now. We're in a yeah, more exactly. mature kind of environment of television. You, you look back at, you go back and watch Six Million Dollar Man or yeah. Rich American Hero or something. And be like, wow, we watched that. I mean, it's fun, but it's not very deep. And so yeah, exactly. now we're getting much better stuff, and that seeped into amazing stories, which can only make it better. I would hope. Yeah, and let me tell you, the next couple of episodes, or both of them are. The second one is extremely like a. It was just a rough story to watch. It was such a powerful story when you get to it. <laughs> You'll see it. <laughs> and then the third one, which started off, I was like, this is going to be kind of cheesy, but it turned out not to be. It was really fun to watch. So I, I'm really looking forward to the rest of these episodes. So is the third one The Rift? I think The Rift is like the fifth one or something. It's, it's like the fifth pretty, one, yeah. pretty the, deep. This, okay. The fourth one was uh, right. is a superhero-based one, the third right, one. Because The Rift is the one that was written by your comic book friend, right, George? Exactly, yeah. Oh, Don yeah, Hanfield. that's coming up shortly. Yeah. yeah. We did yeah. some work with him on Drawn and Paneled for some of their books and stuff. But yeah, The Rift is the one that I've been most looking forward to in the series. So now you have more episodes. You have more to look forward to still in Amazing sure. Stories. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't think any of them were going to be horrible. I was looking forward to all of yep. them as a whole anyway, so. Yeah, they're quite good. I enjoyed the first one that I watched. I watched the first two, I think, and they're uh, they're they're top notch. And now yeah. we have more to more to enjoy during our quarantine phase, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that Well, John, what about you? Are you watching anything while you're sitting at home bored and not able to go out? Uh, yeah, I've not stopped watching anything for quite some time, actually. But he's like, wait a minute, there's a quarantine? <laughs> yeah, well, this is the first I'm hearing of this. The one I really want to draw attention to was the series that like, came out of the left field called Devs. Devs? I don't know that one. It stars Nick Offerman from uh, oh, cool. Parks and Recreation, who we've seen lots mm-hmm. of things. It's a very different role for him. It's kind of like 
like when Jim Carrey played a serious role. You know, Nick Offerman is kind of, he's not purely a comedic actor, but he kind of is. But in this, he's not that. He's like a, a vagabond Steve Jobs, crazy technical wizard guy in this, this series called Devs. Basically, Devs is written by Alex Garland, who's the guy who wrote and directed Ex Machina and Annihilation, kind of some recent okay. uh, movies, yeah. you know those? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how to describe this thing without giving spoilers, but essentially the whole series is a debate of fate versus free will. It's just an eight episode run. The first four or five of them are out right now. Nick Offerman plays the head of this huge tech and like science conglomerate. He lost his daughter. And in fact, there's a giant like 80 foot statue of his daughter at the campus of the place where he works. And if you're a very, very talented developer in his company, he promotes you to devs, whatever that is. And at the beginning of the series, this one guy is doing a great job of predicting the behavior in the future of like a little nematode. He can predict the position it will be in and like you're in devs and he gets drafted into whatever secrecy is going on in this giant Hmm. building that the lab is inside of a vacuum seal that's never broken and it's sheeted with eight feet of lead. Like what the hell are they doing in there? (laughs) And it's weird. Nothing good, that's for sure. (laughs) So the first episode started on like 30, 40 seconds of a music video. I have no idea what's going on. And then 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, the story's evolving. Now I get it. And then by the end of the episode, I'm like, I'm wrong. I had no idea what was going on. But it's not that I'm confused. It's that this show will challenge your definition of what a television show is Hmm. because it's playing with time. It's playing with storytelling. It's playing with so much stuff. I think if you check this out, if you like any kind of science fiction, which we all do, so it should be easy. Mm -hmm. Probably a lot of our listeners do. You should check out Devs. It's a short run. It's not going to take long. It's on um, F. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if either of you have checked this out or even heard of it, but I've not heard of you it. Just, to be honest. You should. But I'm definitely going to catch. I mean, I love Nick Overman. I mean, he's a great actor. I've seen him in non oh, yeah. comedy roles. Yeah. It sounds it sounds bizarre, which is right up my alley. So I'm there. It is bizarre. And George, I know that you saw Annihilation. Uh, you probably saw Ex Machina about the oh, yeah. guy building robots mm-hmm. that develop sentience. And so right. you can imagine the kind of themes that are injected into this that you'd probably dig. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love science fiction, love interesting storytelling. So I'm sure I'll check it out at some point. It's just a matter of of fitting it in with all the other time watching stuff, you know, there's so much content out there. Fortunately, know. people yeah, are still creating yep. content or at least releasing new content. So that's helpful. Sure. All right, we'll put it on your list though. Devs on FX. All right. All right, Mo, what about you? What have you been checking? <laughs> so when you're not thing... getting amazing stories stolen from you. <laughs> yeah, now that that got stolen from me, I had to go to my, my second choice here. I'm sure a lot of people are probably watching stuff that they've had on their back burner forever or yeah. finding some random thing out there, right? That they're like, oh, look at this. I found this thing, this guy, we went out the other night and this guy's like, you got to check this out. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I've watched every single one after he showed me the first one. And this is going to sound stupid as hell. Professional tag. Like like the movie a couple years ago? No, no, no. <laughs> it's hard to explain. There's actually a, it's called World Chase Tag. There's actually a YouTube channel. They started like three years ago. And so imagine like kind of an obstacle course in a, like a, maybe like a 50 by 50 foot square with like ramps and stuff. And so you got these two guys who are basically like parkour people. So like an arena, like you're, yeah, they have to tag the other person. You have 20 seconds to tag the other person jumping over stuff and they're jumping over obstacles and doing flips and diving through things to avoid it. Well, until you said flips, I was going to say I did this in elementary school. (laughs) 
<laughs> on the playground. And we did, actually. But imagine, like, <laughs> with the ultimate jungle gym in the middle. And so I watched the first. I was, like, watching the first one. I was like, this seems kind of stupid. But then at the end, I was sitting there. I'm like, get him, get him, get him. You know, and, uh, <laughs> because it's like, one, is it's very hard to avoid somebody for 20 seconds, apparently, because this field is not very big. 20 seconds. Okay. But it has, like you said, it has, like, ramps and different levels. And, and these guys are, like, all parkour people. So you can see them, like, doing, like, these, like, parkour, like, jumps and flips and all that stuff to avoid the other person. And is this, like, some kind of official league thing or is it just like a weird YouTube internet anomaly like no, Georgia's I mean, Marble Olympics or what is this? <laughs> no, let me tell you, the, the, the field, it, I mean, it looks very professional. I'll say that. Yeah. They have an arena that they built and it's basically and, and there's teams compete against each other, but it's only one-on-one. It's like, it's, so it's like person from team A versus person from team B. And what are they playing for? Is there, is there a prize? Is there, money, or is it money prize? Oh, really? And, I, oh, okay. and these guys probably aren't doing a whole lot anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> they're practicing on the playground is what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. But these are all like adults, which makes it kind of funky. It's stupid. But let me tell you, if you want to kill 15 minutes just to watch something just weird, this is right there. You can definitely check this out. Tag. Professional tag. And it's just on YouTube. It's just on YouTube. I'll put a link out to the uh, their YouTube. They have a, a YouTube thing that I subscribe to like immediately called right. World okay. Chase Tag. So you'll throw that down in the show notes uh, with and this Absolutely. Show. So like I said, if you're really bored during this time, which I'm sure some of us will get to that point. I, I see a running theme where we're all getting uh, bored from being uh, holed up in the house. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around. <laughs> On November 4th, 1985, McDonald's assigned an elite task force of uniformed crew members to join crisp, cool lettuce and tomatoes with hot sizzling beef in order to create the freshest tasting hamburger in the world. McDonald's wants you to join McDLT. The good time, great taste of McDonald's. Join McDLT. Well, guys, I still don't have anything, so I guess this is the real you know, uh, trend now. Well, is that I we don't might have think about taking about. the tech segment away from Mo. He's really, really <laughs> yeah, but, slipping. I mean, you know, we don't have to gets... take it away from him. He's not doing anything in it. <laughs> <laughs> just, what would change? <laughs> well, you know, it's just... Uh, okay, anyway, I assume that you guys have amazing things to make up for my lack of tech. George, what do you have? <laughs> you assume a lot. <laughs> Lucky for you. What do you got from a tech standpoint that's going to shock and amaze us? Not a damn thing, but I've got something I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, hey, don't sigh at me, mister. I don't have shit in the segment. That's right. Hey, it's, uh, to me, it's like, I think your thing is kind of a reach yeah, goal. You can but, keep okay, we'll stuttering there and keep talking to you. It's still <laughs> not helping guy, guy. Let me hear what you got here. Good. You keep <laughs> talking, Mo. It's still two on one. So <laughs> me and George are right. Go ahead, George. What do you got? <laughs> now, it's just, I've been watching a lot of YouTube, as we all do and everything, and I'm starting to find different things that interest me. I talked before about watching those Marbula One races that John mentioned in the last segment, and I love yeah. those, and I look forward to them every single Saturday and Sunday. I know exactly when they're going to drop at 4 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, and they did a live segment if you watch it right when it starts, and they have like 5,000 people watching the live stream at once. Anyway, I started watching some other YouTube stuff as well, and this one thing that I found watching some TED Talk videos was this lady named Xiao Lan, and she has this teaching tool called Chinese. Oh, yeah, she has a podcast that does that. Awesome. Yeah. So she's teaching people how to read Chinese characters, at least in the first couple of things that I've watched. That's what it's focused around. I was shocked at how quickly and easily she was able to, in just a little six minute video, teach me eight words and help me to understand how those symbols get little things added to them to make variants. But I can understand the variants and what those are trying to say, like the little symbol for the person. It's like this little upside down 
down why. And, you know, she puts a little person's head on it and she's like, oh, look, it's like a little person walking. And I'm like, oh, that's easy to remember. You'll now remember that. She puts right? a little slash across it that kind of would make like a the symbol T for us mm-hmm. in our alphabet. But for her, that's a person with their arms open wide. And that means big. And I'm like, holy hell, I knew two words in Chinese now. That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, like the symbol for tree and then how you stack two of them and three of them together. And that makes the symbol for forest. And I'm like, God, I had no idea. So I started watching more of these videos and I'm learning words. I'm almost to the point of being a uh, four-year-old, which is where she says, if you can learn 200 (laughs) symbols, then you have the vocabulary of a four-year-old. And I'm like, yay, I'm a four-year-old Chinese boy. (laughs) George is a four-year-old foul-mouthed sailor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought I would mention it because if you ever wanted to learn a foreign language in Chinese being one of the most difficult languages to learn. She really does make this Chinesey. I mean, I think it's brilliant the way she teaches it. So I would check it out. She's got her own YouTube channel. As John mentioned, she's got a podcast. I think the visual representations on the YouTube channel are much more helpful to me. I didn't know she did a YouTube thing. And that's really interesting. I mentioned I listened to the podcast. It's because uh, I work with one of my development teams is actually overseas in Asia and some of them speak Mandarin. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? A responsible guy would learn a little bit of Chinese. And I started down that path and went, oh my God, this is the most complicated language language in the world. <laughs> so I started looking for, you know, the dummy's guide to, or how can I start, you know, a quick path in. And I started listening to her Chinese podcast, which it sounds like whatever she does, she picks an interesting way to teach it because in the podcast, she doesn't just say hero words. She's interviews someone like, let's interview a ballerina. Okay. Let's learn the word for ballet and for ballerina and for dance. And for, you know, so while mm-hmm. talking and interviewing a person, you learn a few words. It's really right. clever. She clearly has a lock and figuring out a, a good path on helping people understand this language. You know, I need to learn Tagalog, which is my wife's native language from the Philippines. And I haven't yet. I was looking for language learning things on that. And this popped up and I'm just like, God, why can't there be a Filipino version of this? You know, like Tagalog easy. It doesn't sound as nice, but right. <laughs> I wish there was something like that for that language. But for right now, this Chinese is just, just awesome. It's fascinating to me. Are you trying to learn your wife's uh, native language so you can understand what she's saying under her breath or what's the point? Oh, no, I know what she's saying when she <laughs> oh, says something under know. her breath. Yeah. I can figure yeah. that out from the I intonation. The, it's pretty <laughs> easy. He knows all the curse words. You know, stupid white gringo. Mother. Yeah, I understand all that. Okay. There's, there's not a lot of subtlety there. Yeah. Okay, George, I'll give you that. that was pretty cool. I'll give you that one. As a oh, yeah, it is. Tech thing. There. All right. So, John, you got something to match that, though? Yeah, of course I do. It just takes a little bit of effort. George, you learned a word for he's a dick in Chinese? Like, <laughs> I, I'm sure he knows it. <laughs> oh, my. Anyway, yes, of course, I have a new tech toy. I mentioned it must have been a year or almost two years ago now that I decided, hey, I'd like to try out getting a webcam for my car. Oh, yeah, I remember you got that. But I got a starter webcam. It was like $99 or something to see if I liked it. And I started a, a stupid little YouTube channel where I post me screaming at traffic and stuff. It was kind of fun, but I didn't spend a lot of time with it. And then a couple of months ago, I had an incident on the highway where a piece of lumber hit my car. And I'm like, fantastic. I can prove it wasn't my fault on my dash cam. And the dash cam had not recorded. Oh, And I'm like, are you serious? You had one job. All you had to do. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I started researching. And so the way that these dash cams work, if you don't have a super, you know, multi-thousand dollar one, is they have a little like capacitor in them that keeps the battery running long enough to finalize video when you turn the car off and to quick start and start recording when you turn the car on. And my cheapo one had just a cheap capacitor and it was wearing out. So therefore, sometimes it didn't start recording and didn't finalize videos. So mm. it was time for me to find a new one. It worked perfect. It was a starter dash cam and I knew what I wanted. So I went out, I found a new one. It's, it's just research. I wasn't ready for the multi-thousand dollar thing. It's still just a kind of a fun hobby. But I found a new one made a company called Rexing, R-E-X-I-N-G, Rexing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ended up settling on the V1P Pro dash cam from Rexing. But, but sold you on it? That's a great question. And I looked at a lot of stuff. You remember my old one had two cameras, but one mm-hmm. f- faced out and one faced interior, like the cabin, the people in the, in the car. And that's moderately interesting once in a blue moon. Maybe it's great if you're an Uber driver and you want to capture just tomfoolery of the people in your car. But what I really wanted was the second camera that looks out the back window to actually see more traffic. So this Rexing I found, it has those two things. It has a front facing camera. It has a little screen on the front window and it has all the cabling and all the power stuff and everything to run the camera in the back of the car, which I now have that as well. Hmm. And I've done a few tests with it and it's 1080p video, two streams, all recorded on a little box for $199. Hmm. So when you say all the cabling and everything, does it hook to the camera that was already installed in your car or does it have its own camera back for the rear view? Oh, no, no. It's it's its own camera. It's not using like the garbage, like backup camera on, the, right. on your license plate. No, no, no. It's its own 1080p camera with Sony ah, optics. Okay. So, and it's really easy. You just have to, it, so when you install it, you can imagine there's some wiring you run from the front of your car to the back of your car, up mm-hmm. to your windshield and stuff. And they say, we'll just run it in around the trim on your car. But they don't just do that. They provide you with a trim tool designed for prying that stuff up. It comes right in the kit. It yeah. comes with all the mounting adhesive. It comes with all the brackets. It comes with all the cabling. More than enough cabling. I could have run this thing in the back of the car behind me. It's a long cable. <laughs> I just split up. But they thought you might have to wind it around a door or something. So was it tough to install? It really wasn't. I mean, it helped that I already had one dash cam in place, but I re-ran every cable that came with it, including one running one to the back. And I would say the entire install took me eh, 45 minutes tops. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, it's great. And use an SD card, as you can imagine, and it's creating more content. And so I'm once again, when I scream at someone on the on the road, I reach up and push the save this clip button. And there's more tomfoolery that's getting recorded and shared with the world. How much can it store? It's up to the SD card is all it is. So ah. it, it has a looping record, as you might imagine. All dash yeah. cams do if the modern dash cams. And the idea is that it'll record until it fills up the card and it'll start deleting older stuff. Oh, how do you get stuff off of it then? Do you have to take the SD card out or? You can either pull the SD card out or this one actually has an app you can enable a local wi-fi hotspot from the camera itself connect to it from your phone and you can view and download footage right on your smartphone from the camera. Oh, all right. Very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, George was big on uh, getting his $30,000 tech toy a few months ago. So, I don't know if that's, you ever considered a no, dash I, cam for your car I only or not, had 30000 so I don't have another well, that was it. Capped yeah. out. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> that's why I was asking, do you have to hook into your other camera? Because I've got no money left whatsoever. I mean, it sounds interesting. Ah, I gotcha. I've always wanted to have a dash cam, but I'm always afraid to have a dash cam because I am horrible when I drive. Like, when you talk about road rage type of people. I'm the guy that's next to you screaming at everybody around me, you know, like, oh, you suck. Quit cutting me off. I'm terrible about that. Oh, so, so this is the one for you, though, because there's no interior camera, right? That's right. Well, I'm noise. pretty sure my voice carries. I think either the forward yeah, or the rear microphone. camera would probably hear everything anyway. There is a microphone for sure. 
So if you're looking for one, I know I recommended one a few months, some years ago now that I said was pretty good. And it was pretty good if you're just checking it out. But if you like them, the Rexing company is pretty good. I actually had a minor technical issue with the first one that I got and I contacted Rexing. And before I could fully explain the problem, they said a new one has been shipped. So they're a responsible company too. So good to work with. So I tried the Rexing V1P Pro. I will throw a link to Mo. He'll throw it down in the comments below. Yeah, if you're absolutely. looking at dash cams. Yeah. Either that yeah. one or one from the company for sure is pretty darn good. Yeah. We even throw it a link it to uh, some of your videos. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Smelly, rotten mildew stains? Try one, two, three sprays of Tylex against one spray of X14. In minutes, the X14 side is dramatically cleaner without scrubbing. X14, it's better. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X Games segment. I am tired, so that's all the energy I have for this segment today. He's all worn out. I am completely worn out with the remote work from home stuff and trying to stabilize all of that. Plus, you know, you got family and you got fears and worries and concerns. And do I, I have it. enough toilet yeah. paper before I have to go fight somebody in Australia? Whatever. <laughs> that's a whole different video game. But we're going to play some more video games here on Gen X Grown Up. So Mo, tell all the fine people out there what you're playing today. So I was kind of hunting around trying to find a just a good first person shoot things kind of game. I can relate. <laughs> sure. yeah. And so I found one actually. It's a uh, Terminator Resistance. Yeah. So Terminator, like the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The thing is that there have been a, quite a few people have attempted to make a Terminator game. That's why I went, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the arcade game. <laughs> yeah, they have all sucked, right? Let's just, there's no two ways yeah. about it. This one didn't suck. Oh, okay. Well, why didn't this one suck then? One, it had a story. Okay. That's a start. You're a resistance fighter in the future. You know, it's wait, still the wait, Skynet wait, story. Wait, 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 wait. I don't get to be the Terminator? No. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> so you were to be the Terminator. <laughs> right. I want to be the unstoppable brute that's shooting everyone. Okay. Tell us more about the, the non-being a Terminator Terminator game. So the entire point of the game would be flipped then. You would want to eliminate the human race. Stupid humans. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Meat bags. So Mo, is this game like any other games that we've seen that are popular? Um, It's a pretty standard first-person shooter kind of game. You know, right. because they had like the scenarios and the maps and all that stuff. But the thing is that they kind of have this, a nice little story behind the scenes and you actually have to like make certain decisions about whether people should stay, should they go, that kind of thing, which actually affects them at the end game. They tied it into like the original story kind of because it's the, you know, you actually meet John Connor in it at oh, some point. okay. The adult John Connor or the, yep, the adult John, John Connor. Connor? I would think it would have to be the adult if you're a resistance fighter. That makes I don't know if he came back in time or something. <laughs> oh, no, you're part of that battle trying to get to that time machine that the machines have built at the end. That's like oh, the ultimate fight at the well, end. that's kind of cool. Like a parallel story that runs along with the movie, right, but doesn't exactly. kind of intersects with it, but doesn't change it. Okay. Yeah. And it, and it kind of starts off with like this Terminator is coming after you. Awesome. You know, the old the metal one. And the thing is that they're trying to figure out because for some reason you're on the Skynet's kill list, you know, right. <laughs> and you're like, you're right. not sure why. John Connor's number one. This other person's right. number two. You're number three. Ooh. And you have no oh, idea why. What, what did I do? <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of like the story that kind of leads you through. My only big criticism is that it's kind of short. I think I finished the whole thing in like maybe five hours, maybe total. So it was a lot of fun past tense. So it's finished. Yeah, I finished. I'm hoping they have expansion. So where did you play it and like what it uh, cost? On Steam. All right, PC so it's game. A, it's, it's a PC game. It's on Steam. I'm sure it's on a you know, bunch of other platforms as well. Um, I cut it on sale. It normally goes for 29 bucks or $30. I got it for 20 Ooh. Yeah. That's Boy, a lot that's for still, a five-hour game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, was, I said that's what, that's the part that kind of disappointed me. It's like for 20 bucks. I mean, I had fun. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. If I watched a $20 movie for five hours, I don't know if I would be as enthralled. <laughs> right. But so, you know, I don't feel necessarily cheated, but I did feel like it left me a little short. I think it could have done more. I mean, I did go back and I see some replayability in this only in the some of the decisions that you make. Right, you said those branching it. things that can impact the ending, you said. So the, honestly, I don't think they're significant enough to, for me to want to replay every single one. Like I may do one or two just yeah, to see what happens. Sure. Like these days with the internet, you finish a game and you're like, let's go to the internet, to YouTube and see the other endings rather than spend another 20 hours yeah. to play it. Unless you know, you know, said, unless it was like such a fun game that like, oh yeah, it's that much fun. Of course. I would probably say I would wait till this goes on sale. A little cheaper. Okay. Probably worth $10 playing. range. I think I would definitely pick this up. Now I'm really curious. I know George, you have been working your way through your backlog of games that you've got <laughs> yes. through bundles over the last few years. Yes. And you, every episode you're doing A, B, and you're up to what letter in a C, right? C, yeah. So today's okay. Humble Bundle game segment is sponsored by the letter C, which brought you <laughs> cat, ketchup, and caught. Cookie. Oh, sorry. That's a cookie. I just had one of those before the podcast. Now, today I started playing a game called Cave Blazers. This is a game that came out May 24th of 2017, so it's not terribly old. It's about no, three it's years old. Yep. It definitely an 8-bit like platformer game, and I'll give you the description out of Steam because I won't be able to do it justice. Journey into a mysterious cave, fighting orcs and goblins with an abundance of weapons and magical items. Make friends along the way, then watch in despair as they are crushed into a bloody pulp under a troll's fist. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. <laughs> it was. And so obviously I paid nothing for this because it was part of a humble bundle. So maybe like 12 cents or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you, you paid a nickel two years ago. Right. So it's basically free. <laughs> uh, the game is currently on sale for $9.99. And that's not a sale price. That's apparently the regular price. So that's the going rate. It's been, I guess, at the regular price for quite a while. I'm sure it's gone up and down in sales, and you can probably wait for it if you want to catch a little bit cheaper. But honestly, at $10, this game is worth it so far to me. I really enjoy it. It is all 8-bit graphics. The characters have like this Sims-type language, so you can't understand the words. But then, of course, it puts underneath (laughs) them. It gives you the English translation. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. (laughs) All of that is very secondary. You don't really need that. It's more just about the action game gameplay of the dungeon crawl itself. So you're going around in this little cave. You just seem to be trying to progress through level after level. It's like an adventure thing. I haven't figured out if there's a goal yet, like you're trying to save the world or anything like that. Nothing like that has been mentioned, but it's so much fun. You get killed. You end up going back into the dungeon. You end up in a different part. So it seems to be one of those things like that uh, Abyss Odyssey that we talked about where everything changes when you die. Oh yeah. You do start off with nothing again when you die. So you lose all all your weapons, all your magical items, anything you had gathered. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but you do keep your level. I'm so far like just level three or something like that, very small. It's a simple, quick game to pick up and start playing, which is sometimes what I need. I don't want necessarily a long, drawn-out storyline that I'm going to have to invest hours and hours. Sometimes I just want to pick up and play something for 10 or 15 minutes, and that's what this yeah. falls into. Yeah, I'm looking at the video of it. It looks very, it reminds me a lot of Spelunker, Spelunky, remember that game from way back when? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it reminds you a lot of that, which was also a really fun game. And I read the description that it's it, it's in a category 
Eric called a rogue like, and I honestly oh, don't, I don't know, know for what sure is. what that okay. means. We yep. heard like the Metroidvania huh. we've talked about. I know what that is. Yeah. I think rogue like is has to do with a gathering loot and spelunking and exploring mm. and something like that. I'll have to learn some more. But I saw that in the description. I'm like, oh, a rogue like. I always wonder what the hell people meant by that, and thought maybe you'd tell me. But we'll learn together no. in the yeah. future. Okay. <laughs> I, if it's Cave Blazers, it means a fun pixelated game. Yeah. That's all. But if you're listening as as and you go. know what a rogue like is, this is supposed to be one of them. So you're, that helps you to know. <laughs> oh, and there's a multiplayer version of it too. Yes, there is. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Cave Blazers, and you played it on PC, of course, because you have it. I Steam. did on Steam. Yep. All right. Absolutely. Cool. John, what about you? What do you play? Well, I spent a lot of time playing that damn Hollow Knight thing that Mo brought to us, and <laughs> mm. so I spent the ten bucks or fifteen bucks or whatever it was. Fifteen hours of my life later. I'm level two. <laughs> it is so such a hard game and it's kind of a grind. So I took a break from Hollow Knight. Good recommendation, <laughs> but it was killing me. And I was looking for other video games. I've actually been looking at several that I'm looking forward from last time, a couple more that came down in price recently. But I took a turn because on my doorstep, the mailman delivered something I'd been waiting for for some time. Sadly, it's not Dark Tower, but <laughs> it's made by Restoration Games who put out Dark Tower. Oh, okay. It's the new version of Stop Thief that they put oh, out a couple cool. of years ago. And you might remember us talking about that when we discovered, when I bought the Stop Thief original one from the 70s, we talked about, hey, Restoration Games did a reboot. And so, of course, I went out and ordered it and I got it in. So <laughs> I got the new Stop Thief for Restoration Games and I played it for the first time just yesterday. And? I'm going to assume that not everyone has played the original, so I'm not just going to compare it to the original. But I'll tell you a couple little nuggets of this that make it interesting and make it very promising for those of us that back Dark Tower, because I will tell you that the game design of this Stop Thief is fantastic. The changes in the rules they made for this game kept it true to the original Stop Thief, but added so much more interesting depth to it that really pays off. If you're hearing what I'm saying, I'm mapping that onto Dark Tower with my hopeful mind that <laughs> the same holds true for that. So for example, you're just I'll give you a quick for example. The original Stop Thief, you had a little computer toy that you use. Of course, they mapped that onto an app. That's fine. And you picked a token, a pawn. You're the green detective or the red detective or the blue detective and you roll the die. Well, in this Stop Thief, the design change they made was to even things out. They said, you know what? Instead of a die, each character has a different set of cards that have different abilities and the movement is on the cards. And so you have a you know nine, a 10, a 12, a three, and a two. And so on your turn, you play the movement card that you want. So you can play the 12, but now it's played. And some of the cards have an ability on them. Like say, move the other guy four spaces away from you and then you can move or get a free tip or whatever. And so they mapped all the things that were in the original game, but put more strategy into it. And I had a lot of fun with it. And talk about just like smart design. They even included like Ziploc bags to put all the cards back in when you're done. Oh, nice. And that might sound like a little thing, but the first no, thing that's... I do when I get a new game is how am I going to store it so it doesn't become a mess? It came with that. So man, and $21 is all it costs online right now. It's the second edition. It, you will all play it with your tablet or your app. You can play multiplayer. You can play cooperative. Uh, you can play single player against it. And it is a great board game. And so I got it in the mail and my good parenting kicked in and my daughter said, 
I want to play the new Stop Thief. I'm like, yes, you do. And so we sat down <laughs> and we did it and it turned out a lot of fun. I can't wait for the three of us to get to play, but it's it's going the rotation for sure. In fact, it's going right there with the old Stop Thief because you can even play the new Stop Thief in retro mode where they put the rules of the old one in play, which I think is pretty smart. Actually, the Restoration Games, they do a really good job of like that attention to detail. I had no idea. Now, wow. Yeah, this is the first game of theirs I bought. Uh, I mean, I've seen them. They looked great, but I'm like, yeah, they're just a nostalgia throwback, but they're not. That's like serious good game design in here. Yeah. So when are you going to get your uh, Dark Tower? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, sorry. Uh, sore subject. Too soon. Allegedly, it's in 2021, but we'll see how the the current impact world environment oh, geez, uh, affects yeah. that. We'll see how that goes. Everybody's I mean, so far, delayed. I know. They just sent out a recent update that said that it's not affecting any of their schedule so far because they are, were all remote workers anyway. Yeah. And they're probably not in like the manufacturing yet. No, the factory that they're at is already doing test runs. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, the new Stop Thief, if you like the old one and you have trouble finding one, I mean, this one is everything the old one had and way more for a modern audience. So you should check it out. I have a link, Mo, I threw to you. You throw it in the show notes. Absolutely. Anyone is interested. Uh, It's a nice board game. Hey, if you're stuck in the house, board games are great. Pick one up because FedEx and uh, Amazon are still working. You can still get your stuff. Yeah. For 15 seconds, think about something you never think about. Toothbrushes. The Reach toothbrush can get your teeth 51% cleaner than the other leading brush. The Reach dental angle cleans even back teeth better. Reach, just think, 51% cleaner teeth. Before we wind up the show, you know we like to take a moment here toward the end to talk about what we're looking forward to between this episode and the next time we all get together to record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mo's already laughing. Mo, what are you looking forward to? You know, all the stuff I was looking forward to that I was prepared to look forward to are now delayed. Like right? all the movies got delayed I was looking forward to. Mm. Some TV mm. shows, which I don't understand, got delayed. So I'm just looking forward to things getting back to normal. Well, <laughs> so, hold on. That's not going to happen between now and the next time we get together, is it? Oh, geez. Uh, d- probably d- not. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> well, you can still look forward to on the long. I don't know when you're going to get a chance to check that box, but good luck to you. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you, Mo. I'm looking forward to that, too. But yeah, I've, sadly, I don't think it's going to be that fast. No, I don't think so either. But, you know, we're in this for the long haul. We are. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of parlays into what I'm kind of looking forward to, which is in this current environment, you said, Mo, it's kind of hard to know because typically we're prepping the show. I'm like, yeah, let's look because I keep on my calendar when the new games are releasing and when new right. shows start. And and all that is out the window. George, you said, what about upcoming conventions? Not moved, nope. canceled, all those canceled. pushed out. Yep. So I think something I'm really looking forward to in this current environment, if I'm putting a silver lining on it, is this interesting experiment that's happening with all these major movie studios. They're fast tracking things that either are in the theaters or just hit the theaters or haven't yet hit the theaters directly to streaming from a, for a premium price. And that's so it's uh, like the new, the new Onward, right? That Pixar movie dropped yeah. on Disney Plus like three weeks after it hit the theaters because it's on Disney stuck Plus. Inside. Wow. I haven't looked it's at a, Disney It's about Plus to be. It's about to be. But I think by the time you hear this episode, it is. Wow. Uh, the, the Invisible Man, Emma. I mean, all these films that just dropped were about to. Now they're going to premium streaming. So it's like mm-hmm. $20 for a you know, 24 hours or something, kind of like old school, you know, rental because they need to get their box office money out of it, which I understand. Yeah, I get but that. But this has the potential to really put distribution on its ear, like the way that VHS had a war about how long you had to wait before you came out of VHS and, you know, DVD and now streaming is this way. This is proving that there's a model to just 
put it out in the theaters and home rental day one. And this is going to be a forced experiment. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. And I'm curious to see these films first run in the comfort of my home already. Wow. They said, yes, yeah, it's, it's weird because yeah, some things are definitely getting fast tracked. Like you said, that uh, the new Star Wars, just the last Star Wars is already out in video that you can watch. Yeah, it was delayed, delayed. And they're like, nope, let's put it out. They started putting these things out really early. So I'm not only I'm looking forward to watching these films, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that kind of distribution model that's been forced upon us impacts like after this, after your normalcy returns, Mo, yeah. how everything kind of plays out. Is that the new normal or do we go back to the old style? I got to think it's going to have some kind of an impact, wouldn't you think? I would think so, especially if they see they can make money at it. Yeah, that, the, the bottom line is it is make money. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> George, how about you? What are you looking forward to? I mean, for me, it was pretty straightforward. I decided I was going to look forward to playing more Humble Bundle games because I have a crap ton of them. <laughs> And they're just sitting there waiting to be played. So I figured I might as well look forward to playing some of those because that's what I'm going to be doing anyway. So next up, it'll be the letter D for the next podcast in a couple of weeks. I haven't decided what that game will be yet, but it's fun going through these games. And when you pick, do you go through and play several C's and then pick one or just kind no. of pick one and go? No, no. I look through several of them. I look at their descriptions. I see which one looks the most interesting to me. And that's the one that I pick. It's, you know, so far you've been picking winners. So I... I well, I can't knock we'll your see. selection you know, method. <laughs> it's, I did it that way because I wanted to be able to pick some duds occasionally as well. I'm perfectly fine with saying, oh, I got this game in a humble bundle and it wasn't worth <laughs> and it. it was garbage, right? However, so far, the first three at least, that hasn't been the case. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see when I get to the end of the letter, when I get to Z, if I go back and tally which ones I enjoyed versus which ones I didn't, whether or not I will have had more that I liked so that humble bundle will have been a positive experience experience and revenue, you know, like sure. it was worth the money I spent on it or whether or not it was just a bust and all those games on Humble Bundle aren't worth it. Now, I will say I recently had an experience with Humble Bundle that tends to make me think that what you do with Humble Bundle is always going to be positive. I bought a couple packages, the exact same packages, like seven days apart. I bought two oh, different like bundles for drawing <laughs> yeah. because I was excited about getting in, these. Huh? It was. And <laughs> so I bought these two things. They were seven days apart. I did. I forgot. I went. didn't figure out that I bought it twice until I went back a third time to go buy it. <laughs> and it wasn't on sale anymore. You were going to buy it again. I was. Forgetting you bought it twice already. Okay. And so I reached out to the people and I said, look, this is my Gen X stupidity, Alzheimer's thing kicking in. I bought this thing twice. I totally apologize. And if you can't refund my $20, no big deal because it's only $20. And I know you guys send all that money to charities and help your platform keep going and stuff. So I'm totally okay if you don't do it. But if you felt like you could, like within eight hours, they had refunded my money. Like it was already back in PayPal and sent me a note. I was like, these guys are so awesome. So I'm going to keep trying to reach out to them and see if maybe we can do some Gen X grown up kind of work with them. Well, they have tons and tons of uh, nostalgic retro stuff on there in addition to current. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a market for our kind of audience. So nice. Yeah. Well, let us know when you get to Z. I mean, so far you're off to a good start. First three yeah. have been winners. A good track record. So play some more of those. All right. Awesome, George. <laughs> If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? 
Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That's going to put a bow on episode 68 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. You know, always here at the end of the show, before we leave, I love taking a moment to express our gratitude for all the people that support us financially over on Patreon. Literally folks who take a couple bucks every single month support us, keep the lights on, support what we do here on the podcast, over on YouTube and on the website. And I'd like to give them recognition and a shout out. And I'm talking about you guys. <gasps> Gary, T2, Levi, Dana, Ben, Slowmo, Davis, Agile, Tony, Arlem, Dan, Mark, Marcus, Thomas, Mike, R, Adam, Chad, Steen, Greg Z, Blasted or Stash at Chewbacca, Stu Monkey, Greg L, and New since we last spoke, Chet. Chet has joined us as a patron over on Patreon. I always wanted a Chet. (laughs) Ever since I saw Weird Science, I always wanted a Chet. Well, (laughs) we have one. We have a Chet. Thank you, Chet. We're so grateful that you chose to join us. Thank you for your support. It's really easy to do. Mo, if someone would like to join Chet and all the others, how would they go about it? Oh, it's like super, super easy. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup, and there you can become a patron, which also means that you get all sorts of extra content. You get our thanks. You get your name ready out on the public podcast Woo-hoo. world who wouldn't you know, want that which who doesn't want that <laughs> the benefits just never end plus there's some other swag and things depending on what level there is many levels to pick from go over there we would love for you to join us thanks so much we'll be back in two weeks with a regular episode but next week with our backtrack we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep george what are the fourth listeners have to look forward to in the next backtrack if you wish to enjoy your podcast time, please turn to page 37. If you don't, <laughs> quit listening to the podcast because we're going to be talking about choose your own adventure books. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, not just choose your own adventure. We're going to talk about all the different backstory and the origins and yep. other series, but choose your own adventure is the main focus because when you think of those type of pick your path game books, mm-hmm. choose your own adventure is what everybody knows. That's so the shining standard. Definitely Absolutely. looking forward to that next week. Yeah, you definitely do not want to miss that one. I, we talked talked a little bit about them i think back another podcast the scholastic probably book the fair, scholastic book fair podcast yeah, the book fair. Be yeah right yeah. we mentioned it but we're finally dedicating an entire episode to it because we had some people ask for it that's going to be on the backtrack next week until then i am john george thank you so much for being here yes sir mo you know i appreciate you always fun man fourth listener though it's you we all appreciate most of all and we'll talk to you next time bye-bye see you guys take care everybody Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. Can't be looking forward to a convention. Can't be looking forward yeah, to a movie. I know. Yeah. Can I just say normalcy? Yeah, yeah, if you want. Say whatever you want. If it's going to happen between now and the next podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. <It> might not. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> that okay with you? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Absolutely not. Fucking Fucking Moe's got his old man hackles up. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I've been being locked, not being able to go out sucks. (laughs) You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, 
and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.